Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales? Scale the business? Yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. This episode is sponsored by Joe Middleton, founder of Franchise Business School, helping franchisors and aspiring franchisors strategically turbocharge their business growth through a range of comprehensive online masterclasses, exclusive membership, and one-to-one mentoring. Head over to FranchiseBusinessSchool.com to find out more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different because it is an excerpt from um, a bit of training that I did that I thought you guys would find useful. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and this training. Where where I'm going to start is um, back in 2018, the end of 2018, I went on a goal setting workshop in America, I flew all the way to America to go to a business development um, seminar. And one of the things was a goal setting workshop. And so I did this goal setting workshop, and it changed my life. I didn't know at the time it would change my life. In fact, I was pretty skeptical. I didn't believe a word of what the lady was saying. She was telling me that I should write down my goals every single day. And I thought it was a load of nonsense. But what I've learned over my time is that actually goal setting is really, really important in business and especially in sales. So um, because I didn't believe this theory about you know, reaching your goals and writing them down every single day, I uh, decided that I would give it a go just to prove this woman wrong. And I started with something that I knew was impossible for me. I wanted to learn how to run. And at this time, I didn't even own a pair of trainers. So this didn't seem like something that was going to be easy for me at all. And so on the 1st of January, 2019, I went out for my first ever run. And I ran for two and a half minutes. Um, I came back. I was a hot, sweaty, out of breath mess. Two and a half minutes. The next day, same thing. Two and a half minutes I ran for, came back, hot, sweaty, out of breath mess. Um, My husband is an ex-professional ice hockey player. So he literally thought that I was crazy. He was like, Charlie, you sure there isn't something else you could be doing? And I was like, no, this is what I'm going to crack. If goal setting really works, I'm going to learn how to run. And um, on the seventh day, something absolutely amazing happened. I ran for two and a half minutes. And at the end of the two and a half minutes, I didn't feel like a hot, sweaty, out of breath mess. It was a miracle. I continued to run. And that morning I ran for five minutes and I couldn't believe the growth. Like I had doubled my time in just a week. Imagine what might happen if I did this for a month, six weeks, a year, a month, a quarter, however long I was going to do it for. Um, I, I could just see that if I really applied myself, I would just up my time and up my time and up my time. And that's exactly what I did. Six weeks later, I um, ran the 
the park run, which is 5K for the first ever time. I was so nervous, so nervous about it. But um, I absolutely loved it. And then I signed up to a 10K. Then I did a half marathon. Um, Then I was actually signed up in March 2020 to do two half marathons in a month. One the first weekend of March and one the last weekend of March. And obviously in the middle of March, the whole country got shut down because of the global pandemic. So I never ended up running the second marathon. So in um 2021 when everything opened up again and the London Marathon was announced for 2021 I decided that I just had to do it and so on the 3rd of October 2021 I ran the London Marathon and I did exactly that I ran the whole thing I did not stop for a second so I literally went from being a girl not believing in goal setting not owning a pair of trainers to running um, a marathon, the London Marathon in two years. And this story has nothing to do with sales or so I thought. But actually, through learning how to run and through learning to run a marathon, I learned so much about sales. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who tell me they're not good enough at selling. They they don't like selling. They're not good at it. Well, I'll tell you right now, I wasn't very good at running, but I learned how. And the way that I learned how was to just keep moving forward. And that's what you have to do in sales. You have to keep moving forward. But the best um, salespeople are goals oriented. So I think that everybody should have a target for the year. How much money do you need to turn over this year to get the money that you want to earn this year? And what does that look like in sales? How many sales would you need to make in order to hit those targets? And then break it down even further. What does that look like each quarter, each month? How many inquiries would you need each week, each month to get those sales? And then if we reverse engineer it in this way, very quickly, we become in control of the sales in our business rather than it being the other way around and us just hoping on a wish and a prayer that sales come in because that is not what we want. So um, the best salespeople are goals and target oriented. I am determined that you are going to be one of the best people that you can possibly be. And so the first piece of advice I want to give you is to start setting goals. You can start small, but look at your goals and work backwards and create sales targets. And this is something that we should be looking at on a monthly basis, if not weekly basis. I'm also going to be talking about other things that I think are really important Um, in turning yourself into the best salesperson you can possibly be. And I'm all about getting my clients into that top 10% of salespeople. If you are in the top 10% of salespeople, you will be in the top 2% of salespeople in your industry, which means that you will be pushing your industry forward. And when you get into that place, there is no competition whatsoever. So you don't need to worry about a thing. So the other things that we need to look at in terms of being the best salesperson that we can be is uh, bringing in new leads so that we're filling up our pipeline at all times. Closing them down. How can we close down our leads and how can we make it time bound and compelling? 
And then most importantly, we want to turn those leads into sales, but not just any old sales. We want to create raving fans who buy from us time and time again. And I'm going to show you just how we can do that. The great thing is that you get to decide how good you are at sales. So I want you to stop for a minute and just think about what is the narrative that you are currently telling yourself about the sales in your business. One of my favorite quotes, if you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. What are you telling yourself? Do you tell yourself that you're terrible at sales, that you hate sales, that it's icky, it's uncomfortable? Or do you jump out of bed in the morning and say, I am a magnet for sales. I will make as many sales as I want today. I am in control of the sales in my business. I'll let you guess which one I am. But what we say to ourselves is going to have a huge impact on the results that we have. So it's really important that we look after those things that we're saying to ourselves all the time. We're a combination of the five most frequent thoughts we have. What are those thoughts for you? And particularly, because we're here today talking about sales, what are those thoughts around sales? What are you telling yourself on a daily basis? And it quite simply is turning that around. I remember similar story to the goal setting thing. Someone said, you know, you've got to tell yourself what you want to become. And um, this is whole thing going on now. I, I say every single morning, I am a magnet for sales. I've got it written on my mirror. I am a magnet for sales. I started telling myself that because that's what I wanted to become. And that is what I have become. And I absolutely hate that saying, fake it till you make it. But I feel like with the affirmation stuff, it does work. And also, just to caveat this, I am the, the least woo person you will ever meet. But if I find something that works, then I'm going to be doing it for sure. So I want to walk you through my perfect sales method. Um, each letter stands for a different part of your sales strategy. And you can have a little think about which parts you think you're absolutely nailing and which parts could potentially do with a little bit more work. But before we do, I just want to talk to you about Jenna Farmer. Um, Jenna is one of my podcast sponsors. She also is in my mastermind and she takes care of all of the PR for Charlie Day sales. So if you want to make 2023 the year that you and your business is featured in magazines, newspapers and TV, Jenna Farmer is a journalist and PR who teaches businesses how to consistently get amazing press coverage that helps take their business to the next level. To start your PR journey, join Jenna's free Facebook community and get your business in the media with Jenna Farmer. All of the links for that are in the show notes. Um, you can also follow Jenna on Instagram for quick and easy PR tips. She's Jenna Farmer PR. She has had me featured in lots of different publications and it is well worth checking out. So back to my perfect sales strategy. So P is for problems. How do you address your customers' biggest problems? What keeps them up at night? 
If we know that, then we can make sure that we're speaking directly to our customers' problems. Identifying their problems is going to strengthen our messaging. And when I talk about sales funnel, the messaging is the first part of it. You have got to speak to your ideal customers to draw them into that sales funnel. So going right back to is your messaging as clear as it possibly can be? And does it speak to directly to your audience? And have you identified their problems? The first E stands for engage. So we know exactly who our ideal client is. We know what their problems are, but we need to engage them in a conversation. We need that traction. What are you going to say to those people to stop them in their tracks and make them listen to you? They're literally scrolling Instagram and you want them to stop and read your post and consume your content. What are you going to say to engage with them? Then the R is for reach. This speaks directly to your marketing. We need to think about how we're going to reach a wider audience. We know what we're going to say to them. We know who it is we're looking for. And we know how we're going to stop them in their tracks and get their attention. But where are these people? How can we get in front of them and keep getting in front of more and more of them? And um, I will drop my link for 50 free ideas on where you might be able to find your ideal client. If you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is what I struggle with. I don't know how to reach new people. Um, that's going to help you to fill your funnel up with leads. So I'll drop that link to 50 free marketing um, tips there. But we really need to consistently get out in front of that audience time and time again. The F is my favorite one. Oh yes, my friends, follow up. Follow up, follow up, follow up, and don't stop following up. If you have got somebody into your sales funnel, it's either cost you time or money to get them there. And once they are there, we do not want to leave go of them. So we've got to make sure that we're nurturing them, we're following up with them, we're talking to them, we're creating real relationships so that they want to buy from us. The second E is for energy. Sales is an exchange of energy. So you need to be making sure that you're turning up with the right energy level. So, you know, sometimes maybe if we're not making very many sales, we can be down in this negative spiral of, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. Should I even be presenting this presentation? Who am I? Who should listen to me? If I turned up with that energy you would be receiving this presentation in a very different way to me being like, here I am. I am getting to speak to you guys today. I'm super excited. I'm a magnet for sales. I know that I am the right person to teach you all of this stuff because I have helped thousands of people improve their sales strategy. The energy is different. We've got to show up to our sales calls, to our audience, to whatever we're doing with the right energy. Let that passion and enthusiasm for what it is you do shine through. Because at the end of the day, people buy from people. And even um, if you have a team or other people are selling for you or whatever it is, that energy still needs to come down from the top. So you've got to be showing up 
for your team with that energy too. The C stands for conversion. Again, a hugely important one. You should be all on top of your conversion rates. So knowing how many inquiries you need to to make how many sales, like how many inquiries turn into sales. Um, also, where do those inquiries come from? What's the percentage of people who find you through Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or email marketing or grassroots marketing or whatever it is you do, but knowing those conversion rates, how many people convert from a sales call, how many people convert from direct messaging or cold calling or whatever it is you do, knowing those conversion rates, really important because then you can turn up the heat. Let's imagine you need to to make more sales in March. You can turn up the heat on those certain aspects of your marketing that are working really well for you. So being on top of your conversion rate is huge. And the T adds for that stands for, sorry, then add more. This one is not something that I see many people talking about when it comes to sales. But I have this theory that actually your customer service starts from the moment of inquiry. And actually, we should all be striving to give our customers more. What can we give them that's more? Um, I was watching this, but uh, it was a podcast, but I was watching it on YouTube. And um, the lady was talking about de-seeding a lemon. And I thought this was such a great analogy. Um and, and the analogy was that her granny always used to drink, and my mum does this as well, actually, always used to drink hot water with lemon in it. And you know you'll go to a five-star hotel or whatever, and if they haven't taken the pips out of the lemon, it can really alter the drink. And it's just a tiny, tiny thing, but it makes a huge impact. And those tiny things are worth thinking about in your sales strategy. How can you make people feel? How do you want them to feel? Reverse engineer that. What do people want most? How can you give them more than they expected they were going to get? And that's going to really help to separate you from the crowd. So when we're talking about being in that top 10% of salespeople, adding more is going to certainly help you to get there. So just a recap of my perfect sales method. P is for problems, E for engage, R for reach, F for follow-up, E for energy, C for conversion, and T for then add more. And I would love for you to think about, you know, which ones you are absolutely nailing because you will be and um, which ones need a bit more help with and um a bit more focus on, should I say. So it's really important as well that we think about where our leads are coming from. The, the number one question that I get asked is, how can I get more leads? Which is why I've got my freebie, which is 50 free ideas of where you can find leads, uh, because that is the number one thing that people are looking for. So what I want you all to do is to um, get a clean piece of paper, clean bit of your notebook, and separate into three columns. First of all, what is working? What are you currently doing that is working to bring leads into your business? Write down what is working. And then the middle column 
is what's not working. So things that you have tried that aren't working or haven't worked in the past, your middle column is going to be what's not working. And then the third column is going to be things that you haven't tried yet. You know, we always have this idea in the back of our mind of, oh, I should do that. I know I should do that, but I haven't tried it yet. Um, Put all of those things that you haven't tried yet, but you feel like they might work or you've seen someone else do it. Um, Put all of those in the third column. And what we want to do is we want to look first and foremost at what is working and how we can amplify what is working. So let's say um, you put a post out on Facebook and it absolutely flew people, book discovery calls off the back of it or whatever um, it is you want people to do. And um, so, so much so that the next month you did the post again. That's how good it was. And even the second time it was good. Now, if you had that scenario, I'd be challenging you to think, well, that worked. What about if we put some ad spend behind it? Then it would go even further. Or, you know, maybe you give out flyers at schools and that's what works. Well, could we go door to door with the flyers? You know, maybe um, you did some press and that got you noticed and it got leads coming in. Well, can we do more press? Can we do podcasts? Can we do expert speaking? Can you get on stages? Like, how can we amplify what is already working? And so I make a plan to do what's already working and to amplify that. And then all the things I haven't tried yet, I will weave in and I'll put, I'll literally put a month next to each thing and I'll try one new thing a month. And then if you give it the whole month, you can see if you're going to add it to what's working or what's not working. But the reason that I take note of what's not working as well is because it might not work right now. It might work in a year's time or it might take you six months of trying that thing to break through and make it work. And it's really important that we keep a track of all these things because this time next year, if you don't keep track of what's working and what's not working, you're going to not have anything to reflect on when you look back and think, oh, February was my best month. What did I do last year in February? Oh, I've got no idea. I didn't track it. So it really is going to help us if we um, if we track where our leads are coming from. And the truth is that leads are all around us. So open your eyes to buying signals because they are already there. There are already people in your audience thinking about buying from you and they haven't bought from you yet. Even if you've only got 100 people in your audience or whatever, I can guarantee that there are people who have thought about buying, but your messaging hasn't been strong enough yet for them to go, this is something that I really need right now. So open your eyes to, you know, people who are commenting on stuff on social media, people who are watching your stories, reading your emails, responding to your emails, talking to you, building relationships with you. They are all warm leads and it's up to us to notice them and to nurture them into sales. Make sure you test and measure absolutely everything. And then I want to just have a little think about our customer's journey. It's really important that we make buying from us as easy as possible. Sometimes, and I don't know if anybody else will resonate with this, but sometimes um, you'll go to buy from someone and it's like some weird double opt-in or you've got to sign up to be like part of their website before you can buy. Make it as easy as possible. So 
my sales funnel and and I feel like words like funnel and strategy are just banded around it's just like how do people buy from you how are you going to make sure people buy from you that's your strategy how do people buy from you that's your funnel um so people inquire with me I build and nurture relationships generally in the DMs. Um, then when they're ready, I go in with the clothes. I make sure I follow up with them. And then I continue the relationship once they've bought. Like I said in the beginning, we are aiming to create raving fans who talk about us time and time again. Now, when it came to selling franchises, um, the process that I went through was I would send them all the information out. We would do a follow-up email. And in both of those emails, we would be driving them to book a call. Then we would do a first call to qualify them, a second call to interview them. And then we would um, close them down on that second call if they were the right person and um, go into the deposit and the paperwork. So I had a very clear funnel that I was pushing them through. To them, it all looked natural and organic, but I knew that I was in control of the sale and I was pushing them from one thing to the next. Because what happened before I figured all this out, like when I was selling my first franchises, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And so um, I would be like, okay, what do you want to do next? Like you could go and see a franchise, you could, another franchisee, you could go and see a class, you could come and have coffee with us. Like what, how do you want this to work? And it just doesn't look as professional if you're not the one pushing those people through and just having a very professional, well thought out sales funnel. Make it easy to buy from you. And then finally, make sure you have an upsell. The easiest sale that you will make is in your already existing audience. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to make some money right now, then go and sell into your already existing audience. They're loyal fans. They love what you do and what you're about. So make sure that you have an offer that's really appealing at the end of working with you what do they need next um and just make it as clear as possible and easy to buy from you what could you sell to them to keep them in your audience wanting to buy more So thank you so much for um, listening to this. Like I say, I will drop the 50 free marketing ideas, um, but please come and join me in the Entrepreneurs Growth Club. That's my Facebook community or come and follow me on Instagram, Charlie Day Sales or TikTok on Charlie Day Sales. I would absolutely love to connect with you and answer any questions that you might have. Um, thank you for listening and I'll see you all soon. My final podcast sponsor for this episode is Natalie Skinner at The Fixer. Natalie is absolutely fabulous. And if you are wearing too many hats, trying to do a million and one things and finding that there are never enough hours in the day, then maybe it's time to work smarter rather than harder and introduce proven tools and systems that can keep your business moving forward without the overwhelm or stress. Not sure where to start? Natalie Skinner at The Fixer specializes in putting systems and processes in place to transform your customer journey, allowing you to scale with ease and reclaim your time to focus on what really matters to you. 
You can get in touch with Natalie. In the show notes are all her contact details. Thanks for listening.